duck is good. Well, it's because I found, you know, months and months ago a whole duck, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'll try roasting a whole duck, that- and it was <laughs> delicious. I've never seen you sampling, but I assume you're just like, I don't know, in a rowboat going through the marshes or something, and I can see you seeing a dead duck and, like, picking it up and being like, it's a good duck. You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie. Welcome back. (laughs) It's weird to do that after we've already been sitting here talking for a minute. I see you saw our new skeleton dog. He looks a little sad from this angle, but now it's... that I turn the light on, he doesn't look as sad anymore. He looks a little bit more hopeful, like there's somebody up yeah. there, like one of the dolls is holding a treat for him. He's really cute. I got him at Target for $3, and he was originally a weird pastel tie-dye color, so I just spray-painted him black. It's already weird that he has ears. It is weird. Yeah, and a nose. He has a little snoot. Yeah. But, and Skeletons then... don't have... <laughs> I tried to rearrange him so he was sitting better, because... Like, they're all kind of weirdly misshapen. Yeah. And I accidentally broke him in half. <laughs> so he's glued back together. Whoops. Oh, um, now I can see that. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> also, what you can't see is we have a spider who's living inside our window, um, like, when- between the storm window and the regular window. What's his name? I'm going to call her Reba because mm-hmm. I was Snapchatting my friend and... <laughs> The the reason I was Snapchatting it is because I, there was a fly in here, which is very annoying, and I hate flies with a passion. And I kind of like that little spider. Cause Let she's, Reba do her thing. She's just chilling. So I caught the fly, and I released it into the window, and I've been watching her. This is like a couple hours ago. I've been, she's been waiting to catch it, so. But I called her, I sent a picture, I put it on my Snapchat, mm-hmm. and my friend commented and was like, that's disgusting. And I said... She's just a single mom who works too hard. <laughs> and she, of course, finished the line, so. Yeah. I believe there are certain species of spiders that can really only survive, like, indoors. Yeah. I usually don't mind spiders Mm-mm. inside, as long as they're kind of in a corner, not on me. Mm-hmm. Smallish. No, there's a little cobweb up in the corner, mm-hmm. uh, kind of above our bed, like, off to the side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I told the spider, I was like, you're welcome to live there as long as you want. Eat all of the other bugs. Mm-hmm. The second I wake up with a bite on on me or my face or something, you will be evicted. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, yeah. Good. No problems. It's worked out. Actually, I think he moved out on his own. Yeah. Okay. There is a theme for today that Katie immediately guessed. I will give a hint to all of our gentle listeners I am drinking a rum and ginger ale. And if you couldn't get it off of rum alone, I think the main thing that got me was um, it's Barbarossa. Yep. Spiced rum with a giant ship on the label. Yep. I happen to just have that sitting around. It's from over the summer when I was making hurricane drinks mm. and I got super drunk and passed out in my bathroom <laughs> for my birthday. <laughs> That's what the rum was from. And I only ever use it for that one drink. And they're also... So the other part of the theme, sort of, is the cup that I provided for Katie. is Jungle Cat. Kind of tropical. It's a cheetah with palm leaves. It's not super on theme. But Katie guessed the theme as soon as she sat down. It's pirates. The theme is pirates. And... I love pirates. (laughs) First of all, I started a whole episode and then I got a little bit into it and my brain was like, no, this isn't it. And so, and this was Wednesday night <laughs> and I was like, mm, I guess I'm not going to do this. So I switched and I started reading about this really cool lady pirate. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I love lady pirates. They're the best. Yeah. Uh, her name is Anne Bonnie. I think I know her. She, okay, the story that I read said that she lived in New Bern at some point. I think that's how I know her. Okay, I couldn't or, find any historical accuracy to that. She was on the coast, like, she was in eastern North Carolina. Yeah, I think it's more Beaufort. Yeah, that probably was, there are a lot of pirates in Beaufort. Anyway, 
I read her whole story and I was like, this is so cool. And then I was like, wait, there's not actually anything like spook. Like there's not any ghost stories about her. So I was like, Meh. I will get to how we got here. But first, some announcements. The first one is our patron uh, person and listener, Roy, came up with some hand gestures for the pan skin machete game. Yes. Which I told him I would practice and then I didn't. But I think I remember. And now I'm going to describe what I'm doing. <laughs> so pan is palm up. Kind of like paper, but yes. palm up. Pan. Skin is just like your whole hand outstretched. Okay. So like Edward scissor hands. <laughs> yeah. Skin. And then machete is like a chopping machete. Karate chop. Yeah. So pan, skin, machete. And I believe we said pan dulls machete. Pan dulls machete. Um, uh, machete slices skin. Machete slices skin. Skin covers pan. Yeah. Or like is part of a hand that can hold the pan. I don't. That one's a stretch. Pan, uh, skin sits in pan and, like, rots and ruins pan. Ah. Uh, rust, rust pan. Oil of skin ruins finish on pan. Yeah. Okay. Rust, rust pan. Yes. I mean, it's it's of the same logic of paper covers rock. Oh, no, I'm covered <laughs> by paper. I'm so scared. I mean... Um, okay, our second... So I feel like I need to work on, like, a t-shirt logo design for that. Yes, I told him I would do that while procrastinating, and then procrastinated too much, Mm -hmm. and had to rush... I was literally typing up these notes an hour before you got here, so... The second announcement is... Aren't you glad that I was like, well, (laughs) let's wait till, like, six. I know, I texted Katie this morning, and was like... And I always do this when... It's a Sunday, by the way, everyone. Um, I texted her late Wednesday night, and was like... Can we push recording by any chance? And honestly, my plan, if you had said no, was going to be like, all right, I'm just going to, I'm just going to push through it and come up with something. But luckily, Katie said, no, Sunday works. And then I texted her this morning because I had finished, like, the research part, but I hadn't typed anything up yet because (laughs) yesterday was a football day and then today was a football day. (laughs) Yesterday was a disappointing football day. It was very disappointing all around, as was today. And uh, Katie didn't answer until, like, 4 (laughs) o'clock, which was fine, because I was almost done at that point. And she said, how about 6? Katie was reading a book. That's fine. And avoiding a nap. I I mean, I was both trying to take a nap, because I needed one. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm going to lay here and read my book. Because sometimes reading, you know, a book will help. You know, I read before I go to bed. So I'm like, all right, if I just slowly drift off while reading, I'll take a nap. And I need one. Right. But also my book was really good, and I didn't want to do um, anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't happens. want to nap. I didn't want to text. I wanted nothing. <laughs> I was actually probably out on the back porch, and my phone was inside, so I didn't even notice that you had text me until fair. I spent a solid hour trying to help Jarek figure out how to stream the Bills game, hmm. and then we couldn't figure it out. And then he ended up going to Buffalo Wild Wings and almost getting into a fight with a lady there. So that's how our family is. Okay, our second announcement is a thank you to Gemma because she's sending us some little spooks for our shrine. Oh my gosh, they're so cute. If they look anything like what she showed me, they're like little black ghosty things. And I'm really excited for them. I am too. I'm just, I'm already, I'm exciting that our shrine is growing. Like yes. we've got our little teapot and our, uh, our potpourri. Yep, I almost said incense bag, but. I mean, I'm sure we could light it on fire and it would smell good. (laughs) We're not going to do that because it's pretty and it came all the way from China. Also, as a reminder, you can get on Etsy and you can search Crafty Criminologist to look at all the cute things that Gemma makes. And you can also use the tales we tell and get 15% off. And yeah, snaps for Gemma. And then my final announcement, (laughs) because both my dad and my mother-in-law mentioned this to me we so we talked about the twin thing last week Mm -hmm. okay so first my mother-in-law had never heard that twins skip a generation and she looked it up and she said that it's not true (laughs) yeah it's (laughs) which i mean it's it's like an old wives tale thing she did say that twins run in families on the mother's side which sucks for me (laughs) because all of my twins are on my dad's side yeah my twins are on my mom's side 
And then my dad said that I did not mention, which I thought I did, that my grandmother was a twin and that allegedly my sister may have been a twin to begin with and then had absorbed her twin and just came out as one person. I can totally see your sister doing that. Yeah, I can too. Um, Love you. (laughs) 100% (laughs) believe that one. But that would mean... She's just got so much personality. It's got to be more than There's enough personality for two people. Um, But that would make sense if my grandmother was a twin and then she didn't have twins, but then her daughter potentially had a twin. But then... But that means that me and my sister are safe. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And then if I have a girl, yeah. So she since could have my twins. grandmother was a twin, mm-hmm. if twins did actually skip generations, right, right, right. which I mean, I, I think that it happens enough that mm-hmm. people notice that there was a pattern. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, also, it doesn't really it doesn't mean happen anything. That much. It's fine. Then I would have been a twin. Uh, maybe you absorbed your twin. I mean, I have a lot of personality, You also too. have a lot of personality. It's Maybe the, possible. the psycho in you, the sociopath in you, yeah. is the twin. When I saved the world by <laughs> absorbing it. You're welcome, society. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> you ready to talk about pirates? Yes, I am. <laughs> all right. I'm talking about the spookiest pirate of all, Davy Jones. And fair warning. Also, my second favorite monkey. Oh, wait, what? The Monkees. Oh, okay. The, the band, the American I version of the Beatles. I thought you were about to tell me that there was a kind of monkey called, like, a Davy Jones, and I was about to be baffled. 60s teen heartthrob. Gotcha. I will warn everyone, I'm going to go on a couple tangents. This was just a research where I was, I had a hundred tabs open, <laughs> and I was clicking on things, and I was like, this is interesting, it's going in here. So, Davy Jones. The term Davy Jones Locker, which, like, usually means, like, the bottom of the ocean, first became a popular idiom in the 18th century. But who was Davy Jones? So, sometimes he's referred to as the sailor's devil or the evil god of the seas. (laughs) But most popularly... He is the captain of the ghost ship, the Flying Dutchman. First tangent. Okay, the Flying Dutchman. <laughs> Subpoint. The Flying Dutchman is. Subpoint one, Article A. <laughs> yes. Um, it's a ghost ship, which is my to favorite. Step on your toes. We already had your ghost ship episode. Um, it is allegedly a ship that couldn't make port due to stormy weather and was lost at sea, and. So then sailors now will see this ghostly ship, and it's the Flying Dutchman, and it's usually a bad thing if you see it. Kind of like an albatross. Yes, which I also had to look up the whole (laughs) situation with albatrosses. Okay, the Flying Dutchman first appeared in print in 1790, and then again in 1795 in a book or essay or something called A Voyage in Botany Bay by George Barrington. And according to this, there was a Dutch man-of-war, which is a battleship, not a jellyfish. (laughs) It's technically both, but in this sense, it's a battleship. Okay. And it was lost off the coast of the Cape of Good Hope, which is South Africa. And all of the crew on board died, because you can't just live at sea. And there was another ship that had been, like, sailing with it, and that ship did make it to shore. And it gets there, and it does its thing, and they clean it up or whatever you do to ships, and then they sent it back out. And I don't know a lot about sailing, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) When they sent it back out, they encountered a storm approximately where the first storm had been. And during the night watch, some of the sailors claimed to see an apparition of the lost ship bearing down on them. And then this apparition disappeared at dawn. So when they made it to port, they were telling everyone about the flying Dutch man of war. But the last part got lost. So it's just the (laughs) flying Dutch man, Dutchman. Um. How, How could they have been sure that it was just an apparition, though? Like, it's entirely possible that... The ship was just still stuck in this storm, 
and I, got yeah. blown off, you know, blown in different directions. It's true. By well, then it was just a, a ghost ship that had a bunch of dead sailors on it, probably. which is probably equally creepy. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say icky, but <laughs> but yeah, whatever. Okay, so that was 1795. In 1803, a guy named John Layden wrote uh, "Scenes of Infancy," which I don't know if it's a book or a pamphlet or whatever. But he talks in that about the possible reasons why the Flying Dutchman was cursed to sail the seas. Scenes of infancy. Yeah, I don't... That sounds like a child-rearing book, not a book about lost ships. None of the things make any... Oh, just wait until I get to this one. It's like a... It was... was, I found it in an article that was a... uh, I don't want to offend people. It was a, quote, scientist at a Christian college who was, like, trying to like disprove evolution or it was he was like a a professor of like science and something else but he was at a christian college and he was talking about he was writing a a lecture on disproving evolution or something so So, basically not a scientist so yeah (laughs) not a very good scientist but whatever we'll get to that okay so scenes of infancy so in this scientists with an agenda are not real scientists Okay, so the suggestion here is that the crew of this Dutch man of war had committed some kind of heinous crime at some point, which I feel like a lot of sailors in the like 17th and 18th century were committing crimes, but that might just be me in my brain. And as a punishment for these crimes, they were struck with some kind of illness pretty early on, and that's what's what killed everyone. So then they were just a ship floating around with a bunch of dead crew members. But part of the punishment was this curse that they were cursed to sail the seas like forever because that's where they died. And it was some kind of penance that they had to pay. And I will go ahead and say, I didn't look into the pirates of the Caribbean reason (laughs) for why, for what they did. I I'm realizing just now that that was part of the storyline, but I didn't look that up. It's part of the storyline, <laughs> I feel like, and probably There's like not... eight of those movies. I know. Like, just take your jar of dirt and go. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't get that reference either. It's... That's from one of the many okay. movies. You know, the first one came out in 2003. I did look that up. <laughs> Long time ago. That was a good one. It was, dare I say, the only good one. <laughs> and probably just that one time in 2003 when we were all like... 12 and 13. Pirates are cool. And that's when we were like, oh, Orlando Bloom. What is this? Okay. So there are some reports of the Flying Dutchman where it's actually, they see an actual flying ship, like in the air. And sometimes they report that it's upside down. And that would be a mirage. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty easily explained uh as a mirage i'm i didn't read into the atmospheric stuff that happens but if you see an upside down ship on the horizon there's a real ship like beyond it on the actual ocean you just can't see it there is a possible real life inspiration for the flying dutchman which is of a captain whose name was bernard folk (laughs) you were really struggling on that one (laughs) called f-o-k-k-e so i really want to go fock like fokker mm-hmm. but he was a captain of the dutch east india company so he okay. was a dutchman if you will and in the 17th century he was known for his ability to sail from the netherlands to indonesia with incredible speed i had to look on a map just to understand you have to go around like the whole like mm-hmm. three continents yep. to get there And so, for example, in 1678, he made that journey, again, from the Netherlands, which, if everyone doesn't know, it's like northern Europe on the west coast, and then all the way down around Africa, and then, like, around part of Asia, Mm -hmm. all the way over, like, basic, well, I mean, to Indonesia. Back up towards, like, India and Sri Lanka, but over. Yeah. Like, you're going over to Australia, but you get to the, yeah. you get to <laughs> Indonesia before you hit Australia. If you hit Australia, um, you've gone too far. Too far and too south. south. Yep. Um, do you want to guess how long it took him? Four months. Mm. Close. Three months and four days. Nice. 
And for context... So it was... The average speed was probably like four months. For him, he was special (laughs) and he could do it in three months. Well, the first expedition from the Netherlands to Indonesia in 1598 took 14 months. He had to figure it out. He had to... I don't know what he was doing, but he got there quick. probably stopped at a lot of ports along the way to like chart things and like check on charts. What he did was he just sailed a little ways down Mm -hmm. and like docked and then he got on like a horse or like a I don't know what you use for transportation in the 1600s. Horses were around then. He got on a really fast horse and he just went over land all that way and then he had another identical ship that was waiting for him and he just got on there and he was like I made it. (laughs) Or as some people thought they thought that the only way he was able to do this so quickly was with help from the devil. You know, that's what the devil likes to do. Not at all an understanding of uh, the the <clears throat> geography or uh, <laughs> weather patterns. Water. And, you know, just... Yeah. It's like um, how ancient peoples couldn't possibly have built huge monuments mm-hmm. without the help of aliens. Yep. I actually listened to a... Pyramids would not exist without aliens. No, they wouldn't. Stonehenge was obviously <laughs> not human. I listened... I'm not going to apologize for this because I already said there's a bunch of tangents. I started listening to a new podcast called Ologies. I feel like you would really enjoy it. Probably. It's uh, this... I don't know if she's a reporter, but her name is Allie Ward, and she interviews different people who are like specialists in a certain field. They're different ologists. Mm-hmm. And they're all like really obscure ones. My favorite one so far that I listened to last week was about Tasmanian devils. Nice. (laughs) They're so cute. But one of them was ufologists and the whoever she was talking to pointed out that you're not allowed to like ancient aliens anymore because it's racist. (laughs) Because, (laughs) Because the whole show is based on the idea that these like ancient peoples obviously couldn't have been smart enough or advanced enough to like make these things on their own. Good thing I never liked it in the first place because it was crazy. It it's crazy. I used to kind of watch it like ironically, um, but I'm gonna stop doing that because well, yeah. I mean, everybody looks at a car accident when they drive by. <laughs> hmm. <clears throat> Doesn't mean that the car accident was good or right or caused by aliens. Oh gosh. Okay, so that's the Flying Dutchman. Now on to the man himself, Davy Jones. I'm going to give you some possible origins or, like, possible real-life people who Davy Jones could be based on. And then at the end, I'm going to tell you my favorite one. Okay. Okay, the first one is David Jones, a pirate who was active in the Indian Ocean in the 1630s. And I think the only thing he has in common with the legend is the name. Mm -hmm. And can I go ahead and say those are two really common names? Like, come on. Well, that and uh, being, you know, active where he was. Yeah. Um, you so, know, with um, the East India Trading Company and everything, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, historians have basically said it's probably not him because he wasn't super popular and you don't immortalize, like, yeah. lame people. I mean, <laughs> Blackbeard was hella cool and that's why we all know who he is. Yeah, hella cool. Also, there might be, well, there's probably not any evidence, uh, but I've always heard that we're related to Blackbeard because my grandfather, on my mom's side, so the one who spawned the twins, <laughs> no, no, wait, sorry, the one who married the twin, mm-hmm. um, his name was Edward Teach. Hmm. Spelled differently, but he was also really mean and not very nice and uh, probably had some similarities to Blackbeard, so... Also, sorry, allegedly Blackbeard never actually, like, killed anyone when he was doing his raids. He just intimidated the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ah, don't hurt he, us. I think he also did some, like, nice things, too, for, like, the communities that he liked. Yeah. You know, like, in Beaufort. Like, wherever was wherever he liked to have, like, a little home base kind of a thing. Yeah. He actually was, like, nice and helpful to the area. Oh. Like, not... Not a pillar of the community. No, no, no. He was he was a good criminal. Yeah, but he would like, you know. He wasn't quite a Robin Hood or anything. He would but run one of those tables to get people to register to vote. The dollop did an episode on him. And I gotta go back and listen to it. But I feel like there was like something that he did that actually like helped out the community a little bit at one point. Oh. But. I don't know. Okay, don't so 
It's not David Jones. It's not Blackbeard. Um, there was this British pub owner, allegedly, who, I don't know his real name, but he <laughs> would apparently get patrons of his bar drunk so that they would pass out. Shanghai Kelly. Sure. I don't Go know. Ahead. Go okay. Ahead. Um, and then he would kidnap them, keep them Shanghai in. Shanghai them. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> and hide them in his locker, maybe, and then sell them to pirates. Okay. And then. Shanghai Kelly. Okay. And then when he. Dollop does an episode on him, too. Definitely oh, look it up. Okay, great. I'm going to take out my part about, I don't know if this is true or not. So then, allegedly, when the pub went bankrupt, he decided to become a pirate himself. And what he would do is when he would capture other ships, if he was feeling nice, he would decapitate everyone. And if he wasn't feeling nice, he would lock everyone below deck and sink the ship. Which sounds really horrible. I shouldn't be laughing at that because drowning is like one of the top two ways <laughs> know, I'm right? terrified of dying. Uh, don't but. worry. I'm about to get into some fun, fun, fun stuff. For example, the next one, a guy named Duffer Jones... I have, I do not believe this person is real because he was supposedly a sailor with notoriously bad eyesight who would fall overboard all the time. Well, you know, this was before sunglasses were invented and being out, you know, on the ocean without any kind of sun protection, like that really does, does havoc for the eyes. Two things. Number one, unless you're looking directly at the sun, your eyes are... Reflection on the water. Whatever. Okay. One, there are literal rails on ships for this very purpose so that you don't... It's not like he's just walking... He's not on an aircraft carrier and just walking off the edge of it. Well, it could be really (laughs) rough seas. He could just, like, bump and maybe his center of gravity was, you know, higher than the railing. Okay. My other question is, how did he get a job as a sailor? (laughs) there... No, the question is, how did he keep a job as a sailor? (laughs) And why would... (laughs) I guess he had to be, like, the best damn sailor ever because they actually rescued him for this to happen multiple times. He had to have been scooped up from the sea and placed back on deck for him to to all all of a sudden fall over again. (laughs) And for this to be true, he would also have had to do it so often and become so notorious that people would just refer to the ocean as, oh, that's Duffy Jones's locker because he spent so much time there. (sighs) Okay. 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 Okay, this next one is my favorite, but only because of the tangent that's related to it. It's not the one that I think is the real one. Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) Some people think that Davy Jones is actually the ghost of Jonah. Now, from Jonah and the Whale? From Jonah and the Whale. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to refresh everyone who's not familiar. Jonah has his own. Jonah survived that one. (laughs) Yeah, he did. He for sure did. But he apparently, when he died, just went on back to hang out with the whale. I mean, the Bible's not exactly G rated, but I feel like they would not have rewritten that story out of all the other ones they could have rewritten. So, Jonah has his own book of the Bible. And I think it ends with him, like, complaining about the sun. Like, he's still really, he's, like, still a whiny bitch at the end. And I think he's, like, sitting up on a hill and he's, like, watching the city. And he's, like, oh, it's so hot. And so God's, like, okay, here's a tree that will grow up and, like, put, you know, shade you. And then Jonah's, like, eh, I'm still, whatever. He's still whining. And so God's, like... Fine, here's a caterpillar, and it's going to chew all the branches off of the tree, so now you don't have any shade. (sighs) Jonah's not a great guy. Okay, so if you don't know the story of Jonah, I did this all from memory, so (laughs) I hope it's right. Jonah is a prophet, and God tells him to go to the city of Nineveh, where the people are really bad, and he's supposed to tell them to stop sinning and turn to God. And Jonah's like, I don't want to. And so he's like, I'm going to run away. I'm going to get on this ship. And while he's on the ship, God's like, ha ha, you know, I can see you. So he sends a storm. And so the sailors who are on the ship are freaking out because there's a storm now. And they're and- like, oh, God, it's this strange dude. <laughs> yeah. 
Let's throw him overboard. <laughs> well, to their credit, they go to him and they're like, what did you do to piss off your god? And Jonah's like, oh, well, technically I'm supposed to go to Nineveh and I'm not. And you guys should throw me overboard because that'll stop the storm. In the sailor's defense, because the sailors are not the bad I mean, guys here. Yeah, no, they were they were told, like, this is how you save your asses. But also, they literally tried everything first, like, before killing this man, or mm-hmm. what they thought was killing him. Yeah. They tried to get back to shore, like, they tried everything, and then finally they were like, okay, God, please forgive us for murdering this man, we just don't want to die. <laughs> so they throw- He told us to do it. He told us to do it. <laughs> it's assisted suicide, not murder. <laughs> so they throw him overboard, and then God sends- quote, a large fish or a large sea creature that swallows him up and he's hanging out inside this creature for three days and then it spits him up on dry land and then he does eventually go to Nineveh. Growing up, I always heard this whole debate about, like, it wasn't a whale. It was, the Bible says it was a large fish. Well, the Bible was also written in, like, Greek and Arabic, so... I looked it up. It was also written and rewritten and rewritten. Yeah, it was translated a bunch of times. And then a lot of it scrapped. (laughs) And then some of it told from memory and then rewritten and edited multiple times. (laughs) So basically what it says, the best I could tell, is a large thing that lives in the ocean. So it could have been a whale. According to science, sperm whales, blue whales, and whale sharks are all capable of swallowing a human whole. And guess what? This actually fucking happened to someone in 1891. This is my favorite tangent. Get ready. I'm very excited about this one, actually. Okay. All right. 1891. So there was a whaling vessel called Mm -hmm. the Star of the East, and it was sailing near the Falkland Islands, which are where, Katie? South America? Sure. We'll go with that. And they spotted a sperm whale, which is what they were looking for. And so, I guess, you have, like, your big whaling ship, and then you have, like, your little boats that you get on to go chase the whale. Yep. So, they get in their little boats, and they get close to the whale, and they harpoon it. And the whale got fairly understandably mad and started, like, flopping around. And... I'll I'll kill you, Ahab! (laughs) And its tail hit one of the boats. And it threw the two guys in the boat overboard. And one of the guys was a guy named James Bartley. So him and another guy go into the water. And the rest of the crew, they're like, ah, we gotta save him. But then they're looking around. They're like, where'd he go? Can't find him. Um, I guess they drowned, maybe? So they're like, well, this whale's dead, so we're gonna take it back to the ship. So they haul the whale back, and I guess they just, like, tie it to the ship. Like, they don't bring it on board, obviously. Mm -hmm. They just, like, kind of tether it nearby. So they spend the rest of the day, like, cutting it up, getting the blubber, and, like, doing whatever you do. Getting a spermaceti. <laughs> yeah, gross. So they work, like, into the night, and then they're like, okay, go to sleep. And then the following morning, they go back to work, and eventually they get to the stomach of the whale. So, like, you have to cut through all the blubber before you get to this. And so they're going to remove the stomach and pull it onto deck. As they're doing that, they notice something inside that showed, quote, spasmodic signs of life and so they cut this thing open and they find james who is unconscious but alive and they (laughs) revive him and they take him to the captain's quarters do they clean him up first clean him up a little bit probably suffering from shock ptsd you know any number of things some other like physical yeah issues um, too being in the <laughs> stomach of a whale he i'm not sure what the the whole <laughs> oxygen situation is like in there oh, we'll get to it um so apparently his skin had turned like a sicking sickenly white color and was really wrinkled and allegedly, this is from the stomach acid because it. I was about to say acid's gonna didn't do that. It didn't go back to normal. Like he was like that forever. Which so sorry for his wife who like left. <laughs> was like, all right, honey, I'll see you when you're back. Like, oh, you are not my husband. <laughs> I guess it took him a couple weeks, but he like fully recovered, and he remembered a lot of what happened. So this is from that larger article called The Perspectives on Science and Christian Faith. This guy found like a pamphlet that was quoting from a book 
called Can a Young Man Trust His Bible by Arthur Grook, missionary to Iceland. But but, I don't even know how many different, like, I don't know how to get back to the main topic from where we are. There's so many rabbit holes that we have gone down. This was published on the American Scientific Association website. There's a link in the show notes, and if you go to the bottom of the article, he has, like, a whole huge long list of, like, articles and things that reference this story. So, I'm trying to give it some credibility, because, like, <laughs> like where I found it wasn't super, You're like... not doing a great job, I'm afraid. What I'm saying is, go to the show notes, go all the way down to the bottom of the article, and then look at all the different news stories there are on this. Because I'm about to quote directly from where I found it. All right. Okay. This is all a big, long quote. <clears throat> He says that he remembers the sensation of being lifted into the air by the nose of the whale and of dropping into the water. Then there was a frightful rushing sound, which he believed to be the beating of the water by the whale's tail. Then he was encompassed by a fearful darkness and he felt himself slipping along a smooth passage of some sort that seemed to move and carry him forward. This sensation lasted but an instant. Then he felt that he had more room. He felt about him and his hands came in contact with a yielding, slimy substance that seemed to shrink from his touch. It finally dawned upon him that he had been swallowed by a whale and he was overcome by horror at the situation. He could breathe, but the heat was terrible. It was not a scorching, stifling nature. Not of a scorching, stifling nature. Sounds like it'd be humid. Very humid. (laughs) Yeah. But it seemed to draw out his vitality. He became very weak and grew sick at the stomach. Me too. This mm-hmm. is disgusting. He knew that there was no... Don't like slimy. <laughs> also, you're inside a whale. Gross. <laughs> he knew that there was no hope of escape from his strange prison. Death stared him in the face, and he tried to look at it bravely. But the awful quiet, the fearful darkness, the horrible knowledge of his environments, and the terrible heat finally overcame him and he must have fainted for the next he remembered he was being in the captain's cabin like i'm just imagining that he's conscious and he's realizing i've been swallowed by a whale i'm not gonna get out i've been swallowed by a whale like this is how i die i'm slowly being eaten away by stomach (laughs) acid and he said that he thought that he probably would have just lived until he starved to death which i mean dehydration probably first Mm -hmm. but man I, you'd like I would start climbing back up that whale's esophagus mm-hmm. and be like, can you at least like I would be like punching at things, <laughs> trying to trigger some sort of gag reflex. <laughs> Throw me up, man! Like, Throw can me I up. just put my head between your teeth and just bite down real quick and just Ooh. kill me that way? Hmm. Anyways, all right. So back to pirates somehow. Back to pirates. Okay, <laughs> that was all about the ghost of Jonah. Okay, another. Uh, possible origin of Davy Jones in Wales, the country. (laughs) (laughs) You did that in that order for that reason. I actually didn't, but I put a little LOL next to it because it's really funny. (laughs) In the country Wales, Davy Jones is known to represent St. Davis, who I think is the patron saint of sailors. Mm Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Check in with the Catholic over here. I don't know that one. He was supposed to protect sailors from bad weather or general dangers of the ocean. See our episode on the ocean trying to kill you. But he only protects good, moral, probably Christian sailors. So if you're not one of those, you're out of luck. How many of those actually existed anyway? Um. Because from what I know about sailors, like, I'm not talking pirates. I'm talking about, like, actual sailors. Yeah. There's a reason they say swear I'm like a sailor, right? Yeah. Okay, and then the... Among other things. (laughs) The final one is possibly that it originated from the word duppy or duffy, which is... Like duffy who couldn't stay on board? Yeah, like duffy Jones. Um, (laughs) Duffer, sorry, duffer Duffer. Jones. They probably call him duffy every now and then. Duff. Um... (laughs) A duppy is an evil ghost or spirit of the West Indies. The word literally means ghost. It's either a manifestation of a human or animal soul or just a supernatural evil creature. I'm about to go on another tangent because I'm going to tell you about some duffies. Well, I like this one so far, actually, because I can see how just through tradition and everything, Mm -hmm. you know, people mishearing or retelling it wrong. Yeah. How people could be like, 
it sounded like Duffy, but did he mean Davy? Well, or like with an accent, it sounds like Davy. And then, like maybe they just put Jones on it because of because it's a common Davy Jones, yeah. or it just it just has a nice yeah. ring to it. It rolls off the tongue, where it's real nice. Also, if you're playing the drinking game, you can go ahead and drink because that was literally a point that's like at the very end of my notes. So. Uh, Taking a drink for that. Take a sip for ice clinking, too. <laughs> um, I doubled up on that one. Because <laughs> my theory, I'll go ahead and tell you, is... So it's in the West Indies. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, like, Jamaican accents. Uh, saying the word Duffy. Maybe hearing it... Maybe hearing that with a Jamaican accent and you think, oh, he's probably saying the name Davy because mm-hmm. Duffy's not a thing. And just... Being like, oh, they're talking about this really evil spirit ghost thing named Davy. Weird. Let me go tell all my sailor friends about it. Some examples of a duppy. Um, there's a <laughs> rolling calf, which is a giant bull with glowing eyes, smoke coming from its nostrils, and a chain around its neck. Cool. Don't know what he does to you, but if you see it... I don't think I need to. Yeah, run away. Excuse there's me. <laughs> the three-footed horse... Which is faster than a regular four-footed horse. And it doesn't have that other foot laying him down. (laughs) And also kills you by breathing on you. Awesome. (laughs) Like acid breath. Yeah. And then there's one called the old... I'm going to mess up the name of this. The old Hig. It's H-I-G-U-E. I think it's Hague. Hague. But I could be wrong on that. Okay. Well, this is a witch who flies into your home in the form of an owl... And then sheds her owl skin and then sucks the life out of you. And she favors infants, which is sometimes why I think they have a tradition of like a nine day or a seven day, like not like a vigil, but like people stay with a new mother for that long so Mm. that, you know, everyone can kind of make sure the the witch don't come. And if you think you have a duppy, good news. I have a whole bunch of ways to get rid of them. Cool. <laughs> so you're like, that's what we really need to be learning this, here. Yeah. And, you know, we're getting how close to... get to rid s- of them and how to protect them, yourself from them. Yep. So we're getting close to spooky season, so mm-hmm. just pay attention. These come from a site <laughs> called... I'm going to say it the way it's spelled. Old... Sorry. Oldtimesomething.com. This article is by Aaron Henry. It was written in 2016. There's a link in the show notes. From what I can tell, Aaron is like a native... To the West Indies, so, like, he's allowed to talk on this. Okay. How to get rid of a duppy. Uh, one, you can make a large X on your house. Don't know how large. Don't know where it needs to be. Does it need to be made of a certain material? Didn't say. Just, so. you know, try trial and error. Crayola markers it is. <laughs> you can also uh, wear your clothes inside out, which I do on accident sometimes. <laughs> you can also throw salt outdoors At or near your doorway. Don't know how much salt. Don't know what kind. Just throw salt around. You can also wear red at night. Preferably inside out if you're going to do that. (laughs) Just to be (laughs) double sure. (laughs) Just to be sure. So get an inside out red nightgown. Yes. Got it. If you have to enter. Going shopping tomorrow. (laughs) No, you went shopping yesterday. (laughs) And I got to recover from that. it took everything out of you. If you have to enter your home at night. So, I'm looking at the light outside. I gotta go. Yeah, so, okay. Good news, you can still do it, just use the back door, because then you'll confuse it. What if I go backwards through the front door? That'll probably also work. Yeah. I don't know. You can also, if you, ha- if you have a duppy and you were like, I don't have time to, like, do all these things, I just want to shoot it, let me tell you what you can shoot it with. This is very Winchester Brothers. So, I'd say salt? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, partly, but, so you take your shotgun shell. You're going to keep some regular shot in there, but you're going to add salt, bluestone, and sulfur. Okay. Close it back up. Shoot them with that. You're going to know that you hit it if you find a dead lizard. So just be on the lookout for those things. Don't really have a lot of lizards around my house. Well. I have a lot of dead lizards because Jory hunts them. (laughs) Well, it's either. Anytime I see a lizard, I'm like, you are not long for this world, my friend. It's either that or you killed the Duffy with your shotgun, so... Maybe Jory killed the Duffy. <laughs> also likely. I've seen what he can do to things. Also, if you don't want to do any of that, you can just use the name Jesus Christ. But not... Jesus Christ. <laughs> but not God. Just saying God won't do anything. you got to use his full Christian name. Jesus Christ. Jesus H. Christ. Jesus H. Christ. Horatio. Um, <laughs> 
If you want to prevent Duffies. See, that's what I'm more interested in. I don't think I've got one. Well, okay. So if you want to prevent them, first of all, Katie, it's really important. Never, under any circumstances, roast a sweet potato when it starts to get dark. Awesome. I don't really care for sweet potatoes. Okay, good. Because the sweet smell is going to attract all the spirits. I do like sweets, though. Well, don't roast them. Okay. Okay. Okay, another thing. When you're throwing out water, don't, like, just throw it out. Because you might hit a spirit. Remove baby, then throw out. Yeah, take the baby out first. But, like, if you just throw it, you might hit a spirit. We don't want to do that. Gotcha. So what you're going to do is you're going to go outside, you're going to get close to the ground, and you're going to just pour it close to the ground so it just absorbs into the ground. No splashing anywhere. Hopefully it doesn't splash on a spirit's foot or shoe or something. Yeah, just be careful. Because then you're going to have to get the X, the Crayola markers out and the X's. Here is one that, according to Henry, is still practiced today. Sprinkle rum around a grave site before, during, or after digging the grave. I kind of like that one. Mm-hmm. You kind of like. I think like... that just seems like a fun tradition to do. Yeah, and I then, mean, and then it, have... it adds some lightness to the whole burying a body thing. Well, and you're kind of like drinking with the spirit. Like, yeah, I kind of like. I like, can it's, see it's like one more for the road, my friend. Yeah, it's yeah, like, like pour, pour one, out. one out for the spirits. Exactly. Now I also have some rum for when I'm like going crazy because I'm digging this <sighs> grave yeah. by hand. You know, so yeah. good. You can also, if there's a dead person in a coffin and you've got children around, you're worried that the spirit of the deceased is going to attach to the children, you can pass the children over the coffin, like, to another person, and that prevents the spirit from attaching itself. There's also a rumor that widows would sometimes include clippings of their pubic hair in the coffin of like their deceased partner so that they wouldn't come back from the dead. Oh, I always think it was so that uh, all the other dead bitches in the afterlife (laughs) knew that he was taken. (laughs) I did not agree till two death do us part. My death, not yours. uh... You are still with me, sir. Instead of making sure Derek's wearing his wedding ring when he goes out, I'm going to just give him a little baggie. Just sprinkle some on the shoulders of his shirt. Some woman will come up to him and hold him and be like, no ma'am, I am a married man. <laughs> See that? It's my wife's pubic hair. I actually do. I don't get pubes from just anyone. It's my wife. Oh my god. <coughs> um, Pirates. So, I, did, I did actually have to remind him to put his wedding ring on today when he went to I Buffalo Wild my rings all the time. And that's a good thing because he got into a fight with a lady there and... <laughs> I was like, at least she knows you're married. Okay, the last one, when filling in a grave, so you've poured your rum, you've mm-hmm. uh, dug the grave. When you're filling in the grave, you're not going to do it facing the grave. You're going to turn around, bend Point over, over and you're going to do it under your legs. Kind of like a dog. Like like what, yeah, like what they do for, uh, you got to fill in a hole. Like a reverse granny roll with yeah. bowling. I was going to say what they do. <laughs> you know sometimes when dogs poop and then mm-hmm. they, and they kick, kick grass up over it? Like that, but yeah. with your hands and yeah. through your, between your legs. Okay, so I have a too long didn't read in, in case anyone is paying attention to the whole episode, which is my conclusion, which is that no one knows where Davy Jones came from. There's a whole bunch of uh, possibilities. Again, I like the theory that people, sailors visiting the West Indies heard the name Duffy and just misinterpreted it. I will go ahead and do a quick plug because... If you want more, and if you want the wildest story you've ever heard, we're going to put one on Patreon. So here's my plug for Patreon, and I'm going to give you a little sample of what we're going to do. Um, so first of all, thank you to all of our patrons that we do have. If you want to support us, <laughs> you can go to Patreon, uh, search the tales we tell. We have two tiers. $5 gets you early access to all the episodes, a very, very heartfelt shout out, plus just know that me and Katie have texted about you at some point during the week. And also a whole bunch of stickers, which, Roy, your stickers are on my mailbox waiting to go out with tomorrow's mail. I saw them when I came in. <laughs> I put them out yesterday, apparently after the mail came. And if you are a $10 a month patron, you get all that plus bonus content. And guys, I cannot emphasize enough the crazy story that I'm going to tell in this bonus content. And it's clickbait and i'm sorry but 
It's all of, it's this and all of the previous bonus content, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you get all that, too. Like, we've got some other bonus episodes. There was a short story that I did. There's some other fun things on there, too. (sighs) All right. So, (laughs) all I'm going to tell... Weird seeing you without glasses. Like, when they're (laughs) there and I've been, like, staring at your glasses face, and then all of a sudden they're gone. It's They're so dirty. I don't even know. It looks like I smeared them against my greasy face. All I'm going to read you, and I I don't know if I'm allowed to do this or not. This is an ebook that I can't purchase that I tried to, and I'm not sure I'm willing to pay the $13 to get the paperback for it. But this is the first paragraph of a book, and the bonus episode is going to be the full true story about this person. And what I need you to know is the person who wrote this book, her name is Amanda. This reads a lot like a fan fiction where she didn't change any of the names where she's the main character. And I'm going to read it exactly how it is written. So just listen, everyone. It's titled The Green Flash. November 4th, and it's just a regular night for Amanda. She is on Facebook as usual, posting ads on all the buy and sell groups in Belfast. There are over 50 of them, and she usually posts at least two ads per night, so it takes up a lot of time each evening. A 43-year-old single independent woman who did not look her age, she always looked miraculous in her appearance, perfect makeup, stylish clothes with long black hair, which she had recently got done in dreadlocks. She always tied them back. Not not just in the dreadlocks, (laughs) but like that whole sentence. There is no punctuation. She always tied them back off her face in a high ponytail. As she clicked onto her newsfeed, she sees something which catches her attention. There are several posts that people have seen an unusual flash of green light over Belfast. Some say it was over the entire city. Some claim to have seen it out in the bay. Some say that the electricity near the port was disrupted temporarily for a few seconds. She is disappointed she did not see it for herself. That sounds like the green flash of the Flying Dutchman, she laughs and cannot resist replying on the post with a smart comment. And that's all you get. So, if you guys want to hear the story of Amanda... And what's going on there? Hop on our Patreon. Also, I'm not suggesting that people do this, but you can also, you can make a one-time donation for $10 if you just want to hear this episode. (laughs) And then you can, like, cancel it afterwards. And, yeah. Or you can just become a patron. Also, I will share in the bonus episode a personal story that is related that I almost decided I wouldn't share because my dad and my mother-in-law are patrons and would hear it. <laughs> and it's um, intimate in nature. Scandalous. <laughs> it's funny and it's She related. made it with a pirate whale. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Katie, what are our socials? Uh, you'll find us on Instagram at the Tales We Tell Podcasts, where we put all the fun pictures uh, for each episode. If you're not on the social media, you can go to our website, thetaleswetellpodcast.com. All of the pictures and everything that we post can be found there as well. Uh, and if you want to support us, obviously you can become a patron. Uh, go on to patreon.com, search the Tales We Tell, or you can support us by buying some sweet, sweet merch from redbubble.com and yep. search the Tales We Tell. And hopefully we'll have a pan skin machete situation soon. Yep. I get to work on that. Yep. I just pass it along to you. Yep. I'm not going to try to clean this. All right. Well, for everyone, we'll see you guys next week. And for patrons, we'll see you this week. Bye. <laughs>